Well, it's great being with you here this morning to come and share God's word. Chris and I kind of changing places a little bit today. And uh, so, again, I just appreciate this opportunity. I do want to let you know I'm excited about what's going to happen starting the end of this month. We are going to be starting a new sermon series on the 29th of November. Um, it will be following through the Gospel of Matthew. Going to start with Advent, preparing for Christ to come and celebrating his birth and then celebrating his life and looking at all of that through his death and resurrection. So, hope you're looking forward to that. You can have an opportunity to share in a reading plan. It'll help you read through the Gospel of Matthew as we go. So, we are looking forward to that and hope you will as well. The knock came on my door, on my bedroom door, Sunday morning. <clears throat> as it always did. And the words, it's time to get up. It's time to get ready to go to church. And so I would get up and put on my, what I call, called my Sunday clothes. Uh, put on usually a, a coat and tie and, and nice slacks. And uh, my sister and I would walk down to the church. We lived in a real small town, about four blocks to walk to the church. We would go to Sunday school and then join with my parents for worship. Happened just about every Sunday morning. Now, I would love to tell you that I was always excited about going to church Sunday morning, but that wasn't the case. Looking at you young folks over here, no, maybe not always the case. Especially sitting through a long sermon and prayers and all of those kind of things. So, some days when I didn't really want to go, I would pretend that I was sick. Um, my mother, however, was a registered nurse. She could see right through my fakery and just say, you get up and you get going and go to church. Now, my sister, however, when she didn't want to go to church, especially when the children's choir was singing, she didn't like doing that. She had some part in the service. She could get sick. I mean, she really would get sick. I offered to pay her to learn how to do that. She never would tell me that secret. And so we'd walk those four blocks to the church. You'd turn the corner, and there it was. It was a big gray stone building with a giant bell tower and huge stained glass windows. And when someone mentioned the church, that's what I thought about. That is the church. There was one other church in our little town. It was a Reformed church, not much difference. I attended a Lutheran church. That was a Reformed church. We had a sprinkling of some other folks, maybe some Presbyterians and some Catholics and Quakers and brethren, but that's primarily what it was, and that was the church for me. But that all began to change when I turned 15, and we moved from that little town in Pennsylvania to Selma, Alabama. Down the road, about 45, 50 miles, quite a change, temperature-wise, culture-wise, food-wise, and church-wise. Now, Selma was like a big city to us. They had traffic lights. How about that? And they had a mall. And you could not walk from one part of the city to the other. You would have to drive or perhaps ride your bike. Our little town, you could walk anywhere. So it was different. And on just about every corner, there was a church. <laughs> exactly right. And all kinds of varieties and flavors of churches, from Baptist 
to Presbyterian, to Assemblies of God, to Church of Christ, to Church of God, to Pentecostal, to Missionary Baptist, all kinds of things, churches I'd never heard of, and my idea of church began to grow. We attended an Episcopal church for a while. My sister and I became part of a Southern Baptist church for a while and ultimately found our home in a Methodist church. But it was when I was in high school that I had one of those aha moments. You ever have those? You know, the little light goes on like Eureka. I had this aha moment when it dawned on me, you know, the church is not really about buildings, about different styles of worship. The church is about the people. The people are the church. And that's what I want us to think about today as we share this time together. I want to read to you from 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, verses 12 through 14, and also verse 27. Paul, writing to the church at Corinth, says this. Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part but of many. In verse 27, now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. Let us pray. Lord, open our hearts and our minds, our ears to hear you speak to us today through your word. Encourage us, send your Holy Spirit so that we might walk from this place to be your body, to be your church in the world. In the name of Jesus Christ and all God's people said, amen. We've all had those experiences where we walked into an office and the first question is, who are you? This week I lost a crown tooth and uh, so I had to go to the dentist to get it replaced. And of course the first thing they asked when I walked into the office, got that sliding glass kind of thing there, who are you? And you usually give them your name. Now maybe you go into an office sometime and you actually had some business there. Hey, I'm here to fix the phone system. I'm an IT person. I'm here to work on your computers or maybe your copiers or something like that. Maybe you went to see somebody. Hey, I'm here to see Tyler or something like that. Or uh, I came because of a support group or some meeting that we're having. But if someone asked you who you are and they said, I want you to share in simple terms, I am blank. What would you say? I am, maybe you might use relationships. I am a mom, a dad, a son, a daughter, a grandparent, a great-grandparent, perhaps. Uh, maybe you might use credentials, like I'm a high school graduate or a college graduate or a PhD. Maybe you might use your occupation. I'm a student, I'm a teacher, I'm a doctor, I'm a lawyer, I'm a minister. Maybe you might talk about your personality. I'm happy, I'm a serious person, I'm very complicated. Sometimes we think about negative things about ourselves. I'm overweight, I'm out of shape. <laughs> Just yesterday, Ashley and I went to Atlanta to Stone Mountain and decided to hike the mountain. 
whoa, found out we are out of shape. I am out of shape. Maybe I'm an addict. Maybe I'm slow. You know, the evil one always wants us to think the worst of ourselves. I'm a bad person. I'm unlovable. Um, I'm not someone who God could share his son with. But several months ago, I shared a message where I reminded us, I am a child of God. That's who you are. Remember that. I am a child of God. Would you have used that to describe yourself? I'm a child of the king. I'm, I'm forgiven. I'm a new creation. I'm a child of the Father. Today I want to give you something else to think about. How about I am the church? I am the church. Let's take your finger, your hand, point to yourself just now and say, I am the church. Will you do that? I am the church. Yeah, you are. So what exactly does that mean, I am the church? Well, you are special. You are unique. You have a divine purpose in your life because, you see, you are part of the body of Christ, and, and God has a plan for you. God has something for you to do. You know, Jesus, at one point in his ministry, asked an I am question. He was with his disciples, and, and first he asked them, who do other people say that I am? You know, folks will never come right to your face and tell you what they think. Isn't that usually the case? They're, they're going to talk in the parking lot or under a tree or, or whatever. But Jesus wanted to know, what are, what are the folks saying about me? What's the buzz out there? Who are people saying I am? Well, some said, some believe that you're John the Baptist back from the dead. Some believe you're Elijah. Some believe you're some great prophet. And then Jesus asked them, you find this in Matthew 16. But what about you, he asked. Who do you say I am? And Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter. And on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades, the very gates of hell themselves, will not overcome it. What Jesus was saying is the foundation of the church is built upon who I am. I am the anointed one. I am the son of the living God. And I have come to give myself as a ransom for many. So that those who believe in me will be forgiven. Those that believe in me will be saved. I will lay down my life for my sheep. But I will take it up again. And I will return so that you may know that you are forgiven and that you have hope and that you have life. And we are a part of that. When we build upon the foundation of Jesus Christ, we are the church. I am the church. And Peter understood that. He understood that he was a living stone in the church of God. Listen to what he wrote in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. Peter says, as you come to him, the living stone... Rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Living stones being built up into the temple, the church of God. That's who you are. 
So maybe next time someone says, who are you? Say, you know, I am the church. But now as you said that, I hope you noticed all around you, other folks were saying, I am the church. So that means that you are the church. And you are the church. You look to your left. You are the church. Look to your right. You are the church. In front of you. Behind you. Just tell that person. Just tell one person around you. Say, you are the church. Remind them. You are the church. And sometimes we just have to be reminded about that, don't we? Remember, you are the church in the world. This person that was having a rough start to the day. Things were not going well. They were running behind and they had to get to work on time for a meeting. And so they drove like crazy. Ooh, driving through Atlanta. You see a lot of people that way. And it wasn't a weekend. It wasn't even a work day. But they're zipping in. That's what this person was doing. Weaving in and out of traffic. Tailgating cars. Honking on the horn. If someone cut in front of them, they gave them a hand signal. It wasn't a thumbs up. <laughs> or you're okay. Get to the light. The light changes. Burp, burp. Get going. Well, finally, a police car pulls up behind them. Lights on, siren going, steps out, they roll down the window. So what seems to be the problem? So, well, you know, I've been following you for a while now. And I've seen you just weaving in and out of traffic and honking your horn. And, yeah, I saw that hang signal you gave and all that kind of stuff. And then I noticed on the back of your car was that Christian symbol. And I thought for sure the car had to be stolen. Sometimes we have to be reminded, you are the church. Anybody here playing in a church league, maybe a softball team or something like that? They can be rough. Did you know that? I was playing on a softball league down in Pensacola, and our minister, our youth minister, played on that team. He was pretty good. He was young, strong. He got up to bat, hit this line drive right over the head of the pitcher, right over the second baseman's head, dropped down in center field, and he's off running. Rounds first base, heading to second, but that center fielder got the ball, threw it in, bang, bang, play right there at second. And the official called him out, said, you're out. Well, he disagreed with the call. He got mad. He says, are you blind? I was, I was at that base long before that ball got there. What are you talking about? And he's in the official face. And I got out of the dugout, and I went up there, and I gently took, actually, I grabbed his arm, and I started pulling him away, and I said to him, remember who you are. Remember who you are. Remember who you represent. You represent the body of Christ. Sometimes we have to be reminded, hey, you are the church. You are the church. People are looking at you. Jesus said, you're the light of the world. You're a city set on a hill. People are watching you. So we need to be reminded. The other thing we need to do is if everyone around us is a church, we need to encourage one another and build one another up, don't we? Listen to this passage from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as, in fact, you are doing. Boy, I hope. The Lord says that. You are doing that. You are encouraging one another. You are building one another up. Because you see, you are the church. I want the church to be strong. I want to encourage you. And in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25, we read, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day 
approaching. Why do we come together on Sundays or different days? Yes, we come together to worship, to sing praise to God, to, to pray together, to learn, to grow, but also to encourage one another, to spur one another on in the acts that God would have us to do. You are the church, and so we need to encourage one another and help one another on its way. Now, I know there are times we can't come to church. I know there are folks right now who are not coming to church because of the, the virus, trying to keep safe. Uh, some people aren't able to get up. Some people don't have transportation. We understand that, but we need to see how we can encourage one another. We can still make phone calls. We can still send notes. We can still speak to one another to build one another up because you are the church. And finally, I want to remind us that if I am the church and you are the church, we are the church together. All of us, we are the church together. I wish I could tell you that I came up with all these ideas myself, but there actually is a song. Maybe some of you sang it in Sunday school or vacation Bible school. It was written back in the 70s. But it's entitled, I Am the Church, and this is how the chorus goes. It says, I am the church. You are the church. We are the church together. All who follow Jesus all around the world, yes, we're the church together. First verse says, the church is not a building. The church is not a steeple. The church, I like this, the church is not a resting place. <laughs> the church is the people. In the second verse, we're many kinds of people with many kinds of faces, all colors and all ages from all times and places. We are the church. We are part of something bigger than we can even imagine. We are part of something grander than we can fathom. We are part of something that spans around the globe and around the world. We are part of something that even spans time itself. We are a part of the body of Christ, the church, the universal church. Now, I'm a part of a ministry called Kairos, it's a ministry where we go into a prison and we spend like 72 hours with the inmates. We sit at tables with them, we become a family with them. We wanna let them know they're not forgotten. We wanna let them know that they are loved and that Jesus has a plan for their life. But we also wanna remind them that even though they're incarcerated, even though they're behind bars, that they are still a family and they are still the church. You know that? And during one of the talks we asked them, who is the church? And their response is, we are the church. Let's try that together. Who is the church? We are the church. Exactly right. Wherever they are, they are the church. Maybe next time you pass by uh, one of our jails or prisons, you remember, you know, the church. <laughs> it's right there. We are a part of the universal body of Christ. When we say our creed, our Apostles' Creed, it, it closes with the words, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church. A lot of people struggle right there because they think, well, I'm not a part of the Roman Catholic Church, the Catholic Church. No, the word Catholic there means universal. We're all a part of that. When I talk to people about being baptized, I say, when you are baptized, you are baptized into this local family, this local church, but you are also baptized into the universal body of Christ. We're just a little part of that. You are baptized into that body, and in just a little while, we're going to have six folks who are baptized into that 
body. We are the church. And if we are the church together, we need to learn how to get along. <laughs> we need to learn how to be united in our ministry and our service to one another. I love the, the shoe boxes that we give. Operation Christmas Child. That's one way we all get together as different churches and do something for the good of people around the world. Jesus talked about the unity. His last prayer with his disciples on that night in the upper room, this is what he said in John 17. My prayer, my prayer is not for them alone, meaning the disciples and those gathered there in the upper room. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. Guess what? That's us. Jesus prayed for us that last night. He said that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. And then the world will know that you sent me and have loved me, even as you have loved me, you have loved them. Mm. Do you hear how many times he says one? Notice how he says the word unity, the church. We're all supposed to be together. We're all on the same team. Now, I confess, sometimes I see a church that's really growing and going and having great things, and, and I get envious and jealous, but I have to realize we're all on the same team. If one part of the church is rejoicing, I rejoice with it. If the church is growing in some part of the world, I should rejoice with that. If revival is taking place someplace, I need to rejoice with that. The same when the church is hurting. We know there are places in this world where the church is still uh, persecuted, where people are threatened for getting together like we are here today. And when they hurt, we hurt because you see, we're all one body. If that body is divided, it can't function, it can't be strong. We are the church together. How we doing? <laughs> How we doing? I don't think our grade would be too good. So let's pull together. Remember who you are. Remember who we are. That we are the church, the body of Christ in this world. And we're all called to share the good news. All in this together. Serving Jesus Christ. Spreading the good news. Helping the kingdom come. Help us to grow as your body. Help us to encourage one another. So that we may truly be your church in this world name of Jesus Christ and all God's people said, Amen.